So this morning's Dharma talk is titled Exercising, is that what I said? Exercising the awareness? Exercise. Oh yeah, you got it right. Exercise the awareness. Exercise. You know, like we do with weights, run, whatever we do, we're exercising uh, muscles. You could, uh, not that the awareness is a muscle particularly, but it is, it functions similarly. So exercising means uh, to work with that. And uh, the, the, I like to say it this way, the thought process, which is separate than the awareness, and we can talk about how those work together. The thought process is already muscle bound. Have you noticed when something happens immediately, instead of bringing your awareness to it, so you can understand what it is basically in itself, we immediately jump on it with our thought process. I like it. I don't like it. It's good. It's bad. It shouldn't be there. It should be there. Actually, I don't like that. That's not working for me. Comments, comments, comments. It's not that the comments are not correct. It's just that that's too quick. That's why we have, we have a, what do they call it? Patience. That's right. That's why we have that teaching. Slow down. Mind, especially in the West, the mind, very, very speedy. We, we can't hardly give anything any space at all. Not that space is ours to give, but we could stop filling up the natural space that is already there in any situation with our stuff, our ideas, our hopes, our fears, our rambling about everything. This is a way that ego, the self-centeredness, protects itself. This is the way the ego solidifies its position and, and makes uh, the ego feel real. You know how when someone compliments you, you know, even if it's, you know, if, uh, uh, even if it isn't exactly accurate or something, still we kind of puff up a little bit. We n might not outside. We might go, oh, yeah, man, no, you know, it's no big deal like that. But inside, you know, we're taking little, we're taking little uh, uh, credit for that or little merit badges, you might say, when, when they're uh, given to us. Same thing with criticism. You feel someone criticizes you, whether they're correct or not, we feel it. We feel, oh, oh. They don't like me, or they're they're against me, or they don't understand, or they, 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 they. What am I saying? Don't do anything. Allow the world to manifest for good or for ill, whatever color it is, whatever intensity, whatever anger, whatever passion, aggression, ignorance, whatever's coming towards you, please take a back seat just for a while. That's what meditation is. It's taking a back seat to this, and I'm going to use the strong word here. No, I'm not going to, because there might be children listening. Never know. I'm going to say, uh, I was going to say something about, no, I don't want to use that one. How about horse manure? That one works. Yes, yes. So uh, in order to exercise the awareness, we first have to see and understand the way that uh, thought process is not exactly awareness. Thought process is something that is produced, is production. Awareness is not produced. I mean, you can you could say, well, you can just be aware, but that's not about really doing anything so much. That's more about attention on something, and that can be done. But in order to exercise, to strengthen, to prioritize the awareness, it first seems to be necessary to get a feeling for what the thoughts actually are. What are thoughts? Not not what we're thinking, not the content, just that kind of what well, you could call it a, like a knee-jerk reaction to things. Something happens, we think things about it. Have you noticed that no matter what happens? immediate addition. We become mathematicians of uh, neurosis. We immediately think up stuff about stuff. And what does that do with the stuff? 
it brings it into the, the purview of the ego mind so it can manipulate who we are, what we think, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. It's just the politics of experience. And it's endless, like any kind of politics. Endless, endless chatter. I'm asking you not to end that. I'm asking you, uh, since you're sitting in front of me, you're giving me permission to talk about this. I intend to do it. At the same time, pardon me, if this is not your bailiwick, if this is not your something that you resonate with, do something else. I'm not here to sell you, convince you. It may seem like it. So first we have to actually sit down, and the, so the first three days, three weeks, three years possibly of meditation practice is what? Just seeing the way thoughts keep sticking to everything. You sit, and people might say, new meditators will say, I can't stop my thoughts. And I say, I didn't tell you to do that. Well, yeah, but aren't you supposed to, you know, aren't you supposed to? No, you're not. You're not supposed to do anything other than wholesale and what? Observe. The shikantaza, zazen. It's just, there's not much fancy things going on there. There's other tra traditions which I am quite knowledgeable about. This Tibetan tradition I practiced, uh, still practice now, but I started practicing this. Uh, I don't know, a long time ago, decades. So I'm familiar with creation completion. I'm familiar with using, uh, doing deity yoga or doing visualizations in order to enhance, uh, strengthen, prioritize awareness. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. But what I'm teaching here right now is just very simple. Shikantaza is a Japanese word that means just precisely this. Well, what the ego mind does is just precisely this and that and this and this and that and then there's this and don't forget about this chatter 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 you can see it in your own mind if you spend any time on the cushion holding still all the senses are on receive you're just receiving sounds smells taste touch thoughts just receive just be a very simple situation where you're just being a good host just just all the doors of your consciousness or everything is open very gently. We're not slamming anything. And it might take you a while. You might have to sit down and continue to, to re change your attitude into just receive. So when, you know, when something with politics, when something really crappy comes up with all kinds of negative votes around it, don't do that. Don't do this. This is bad. You can't, well, you can't be thinking that. What do I say about that? Just be aware of it. If you're really aware of any kind of negativity, the awareness itself, it's just like bright sun on moss. It doesn't work. The moss is going to die out if there's a lot of sunshine there. Awareness is like sunshine. Not exactly, but it's close. And with all the the, the thinking process, what happens is the, if, if this hand was the, was the awareness here and this was the thought process here, what happens is the thought process uh, takes over or absconds with the awareness and actually just uses it to promote more thinking and promote more analysis. And I'm not saying too that that couldn't be a way of working, especially if you're doing something that is very materialistic uh, and then the descriptive sense, not in the judgment sense, but very much about auto mechanics or carpentry or something that is most of the situation there is a very physical kind of thing, even, uh, um, astronomy and so on like that. It's interesting though that those who are really into the physical world, the, the very pragmatic people, when they get way down deep into it, suddenly everything starts to rotate, you could say, into it's really not there. You can't see whether it's a, and, uh, and I've read just enough about uh, 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 particle physics to get a headache. So, but, but it is there, it is, there is some kind of quality that goes deeper than just a little 
atom. And we don't really know exactly whether it's a wave, is it a particle, is it, well, you know, that's probably enough said about that because I'm not very uh, smart in that way. So, but what I'm saying is, look the way the thoughts, uh, the thoughts come, here's the awareness shining bright. You know, you're walking out, you're walking, it's great. That's why it feels so good to walk in the woods with the sun shining and look at the light rays come down through the trees and hear birds and so on. That's why just pure attention, it's beautiful. It's just that that's more about entertainment. So if you think that walking in the woods is some kind of a palliative to your neurosis, a little bit, a little bit, but it, the, the difficulty there is that it won't last because the minute something rattles your cage, as they say, the saying goes, something uh, affects you, you have a flat tire and then you have one of you, and then your, your mate or somebody is upset with you about because you didn't make this time, you didn't take care of this thing that you said you would because you forgot because you were tied up with a flat tire, on and on and on, politics. You did, but you should have, but you should have. Well, you should have prioritized, you know, I've said enough about that. But I haven't said enough about strengthen the awareness, strengthen exercise. How do you do that? You sit down and you, and you find the separation between thinking and awareness. There is one, but you need to see it without meddling with it. It isn't like you can go in there and with a monkey wrench and start undoing all the nuts and bolts of thinking. It just needs to be seen. If you just see it, then it's interesting. It's fascinating, actually, the way the thought process will just reprioritize itself. It's almost like it minds, and it minds because the awareness is finally becoming the priority in your life. You are starting to lead your life with your awareness. How does that feel to ego? Not real good. It's a little scary because ego wants reference points. How am I doing? Am I doing good? No, you're doing terrible. <laughs> there, I'm helping you. So, when you sit down, uh, face the wall, sit on the cushion and look at the wall and just sit there at what you're doing, if you don't add, insofar as you can do that, just watch what arises, don't add anything to it. And that way, the awareness around, because everything needs space, you can't have furniture without space. So, a, a, a thought process is like complicated furniture in a big room. And what you're doing when you're meditating is you're getting your, you know, to use that uh, kind of a metaphor, you're, the room is starting to get, it gets so big the walls fall over. And, and eventually all of your thought patterns and all of your neurosis or confusion, not gone, it just has an incredibly vast area. It's like being in an open field. So uh, by seeing yourself, you're sitting, it's your experience, so I'm just talking about it. But when you sit down and hold still, less is better. When I say less, I'm saying hold still. That's your, your only job there is to hold still and insofar as you can, very gently keep all of the senses open. So you smell, taste, touch, you hear cardinals out in the trees and you see the sunshine coming through the window, hitting the floor or coming across in front of you. Um, you hear the door open and close. You hear someone come in and take their seat next to you and then they get up and leave and you just remain. You just you remain until you, whatever length of time you've decided to stay there. It might be, I'm going to stay, I'm going to come in at 2.30 and stay here till the gong, which is at 5 o'clock every weekday. I'm going to come in, sit, wait. You're kind of waiting, but not really. After a while, it's not like waiting. It's just like, it's just, you're just present. The time itself, people even will even occasionally report. I uh, lost track of time. I know I wasn't asleep, but I lost track of time. That's it. When I say that's it, it's not something you can grasp on. It's not a credential, but sitting down and not being too concerned about the time takes a while because quite often what happens is, we, look to see, we don't want anybody seeing us look at our watch. 
that wouldn't be a very good meditator. So some people actually put their watch down on their cushion in front of them so they can go. But they don't want you to see them do it, so they might wait till there's a sound over here where the, you know the person is distracted. Now you can look quick at your watch to see the time. You guys know what I'm talking about. How do I know about this? I've been doing it forever. I've been trying to fool all the people around me. So, not wrong. We're not trying to get you to be a really, mind, uh, 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 someone who minds. We're trying to get you to be just aware, trying to help you, support you, and being aware of all the shenanigans that go on with the, with the ego mind, with the thinking process. Don't correct them. They're like little children. But they need to realize, uh, it's almost like the thoughts need to realize who they are themselves rather than you, because you, you scold them or you scold yourself, then then it takes, and it goes around the corner and, and the mischief keeps coming. It waits till you're distracted by something else and the next thing you know, you've got some kind of anxiety coming up that doesn't even have a source. I don't know, have a little bit of an idea. If we don't have it ourselves, we at least know somebody that's going through that. And it's hard to explain. And of course, even though you might meditate, because meditation is such a personal thing, it's very hard to try to sell that to anybody. I don't recommend it. I would say don't even talk about meditation unless you are asked and make sure you don't respond any more than what you're asked. Well, what's meditation like? Well, it's kind of, it's okay. It's kind of hard. Stop. Don't say anymore. And wait, if you're, you might be motivated, you might think this would be helpful for this dodo to meditate. <laughs> but you can't go there with any kind of political agenda about it because it's too conceptual. It needs to, the, the meditation part needs to strike the need for that or the understanding or the clarity around why that would be a good thing to do. It needs to drop way below the radar of ego, which is looking for success and failure and right and wrong. It needs to drop below that where it hits the person in, you know, not in the gut, not in the head. Right here. It has to resonate here. It's not resonating here. You have missed your chance to communicate. Thank you for covering your mouth when you yawn. <laughs> think if you could you think you can yawn without me seeing you? <laughs> That's how I determine how long the talk should be. <laughs> uh oh, thirteen yawns. I gotta stop. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> so so anyway, strengthen exercise. Exercise. It's like uh, instead of uh, uh, you know jogging or something like that. It's just another thing that you schedule and you do. You come in, you sit down, you hold still. I'm sitting here for an hour, an hour and fifteen minutes, an hour and twenty minutes, forty-eight minutes. I'm sitting here, and that's it. And anything else beyond that is extra. Nothing extra. Don't do any math. Don't add up anything. When you get up off the cushion, then let it rip. Do think whatever you want. Think, think this, think that. Analyze. Do whatever you want. But when you're on the cushion, it's like just like uh, the, uh, the, the uh, metaphor I use all the time, which I think is a pretty good one. You know, like any metaphor, it works a little bit. It's the knife. No, it's like a blade, the blade of awareness. So when, the, when awareness is all mixed up in thinking, you can't even find the, the awareness part. It's all, it's all uh, uh, covered up by thought patterns of good and bad. I like it. I don't like it. There's awareness there. or you There's space there. But it's kind of claustrophobic. There's not much space between things. We're immediately jumping from one thing to the other without any space. And all I'm really saying, all I'm saying, and all many teachers, I can't say what everybody's thinking, is just what increase the space, strengthen that space so that the so that the the space between thoughts actually becomes wider. Eventually, you'll actually be able to enter any situation, no matter how challenging or weird or whatever or unusual, without thinking about it. You have not stopped your thoughts. Don't try to stop your thoughts. Be aware of your thoughts. It's awareness, awareness, awareness. It is not about stopping thinking. Some people might say it is. 
And I'm not going to disagree with them. I don't know. I don't bother teaching. They should teach how, however they say it. That's what I'm doing. I'm not teaching out of something I read. I, I'm teaching out of how this looks. So this either kind of clicks with you or it doesn't. So but, but by just watching what moves, eventually the space around there, because that's the very nature of awareness, starts to get more accommodating. By you giving this kind of generosity I've been talking about the last couple of months, the, the generosity that you should give your attention to everything. Everything deserves that. Everything needs your attention. You're, to give your attention to your thought patterns, judging, keep that to a minimum. It's not that there isn't areas that you might not be justified in judging yourself, but how well is that working for anyone? It just you know, we have people that are just completely uh, having trouble with them. They're so tired of blaming themselves, they just start to blame everything they can. They're just tired of the self-recrimination. So exercise the awareness. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves. It'll either be sounds, smells, tastes, feelings coming up and going, coming up and going, nothing lasts. Or it will be perhaps thoughts coming and going. They, everything gets the same treatment. Equal hand, equal, equal, uh, equal um, treatment of everything. Everything is welcome. Uh, and nothing is particularly encouraged, nor is it discouraged. That's the whole passion, aggression, and ignorance. Don't push on it. Don't pull on it. Don't look away. Don't push aggression. Don't pull passion. And don't shut down, look away. Distract yourself into something else. And do it without without any particular desire for credentials. No, no accomplishment, because the accomplishment part turns us back into materialism, which my teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, has a book called Cutting Through Spiritual Materialism. In order to cut through that, you first have to see that you're actually using your spiritual practice uh, to serve materialistic kind of accomplishment goals. I'm getting better, I'm getting smarter, I'm more, much more aware, I'm much more generous, much more, much more, much more. If you're really, really generous and kind, you won't even know it. If you, if you think you're generous and other people aren't, this is a misunderstanding. It's actually quite funny. Because if you, if you see that, you see, it's just a, it's a misunderstanding of, of what uh, generosity is about. Yes, sir, Michael. How should we work with the uh, feeling of guilt? Just observe that. A feeling of guilt, uh, that could be, you know, it could be from... 20 years ago that that got started, it could be from, again, politics, and it could be from any kind of cause anywhere. The cause is not so not as important uh, as uh, as being able to see it. If you want that guilt, which is dependently arisen, if you want that guilt to die down, you have to look at it. And so looking at the guilt without saying, I'm not really guilty, or I really shouldn't feel this way, well, it wasn't that bad, well, I've apologized 15 times, or whatever, don't, don't try to get off the hook. Use that as a, as we said in our chant, uh, a Dharma gate. Those are that's a Dharma gate. Anything that arises for you, negative, as uh, Chazan's talk uh, that he gave here uh, yesterday, and you were here for that. Everything becomes a becomes a, an opening. It's, it looks closed. It looks like a pile of junk. It looks difficult. It looks painful, and it's prickly, and it uh, smells bad, and it's it's guilt. You know, it puts us in a, a terrible fix. But the way to work with that as a meditator. Excuse me, whether you're a Buddhist or not, but if you're trying to exercise your mind, it's trying to stretch your mind so you can see clearly what is happening, just look at it. It's just like when someone walks in the room that you've never seen before, you, you, if you're working with your awareness all the time, you'll notice how quickly you judge that person based on what they're wearing, 
how big their nose is, whether they, how old they are, how they walk, whether they have a grouchy look on their face or a happy look. You know, it's none of your business what they're doing. It is only the generosity that is that is a Dharma gate for you there. That person is a Dharma gate. He, she, they. You can relate to them directly as they are. How do you do that? Just receive. So you're not only receiving how they look, you're also receiving the thought patterns that are engendered or triggered by how they look. And if you can receive how they look, no judgment particularly, and then receive the the hair trigger judgment that comes up around how they look or how they appear, then you're then the generosity is not only going this way, it's going that way. That's when we're starting to get to the teaching called Advaita or non-duality. That takes a while. And eventually you find that because that works that way, there's no giver, there's no gift, and there's no giving. This is in Buddhism, this is called emptiness. And this is the way it starts. It doesn't end there. Uh, it it doesn't actually end. So sorry, but you know that. Yes. Does, does it work the same way with feeling, oh, I've succeeded? I'm what? I've succeeded. Yeah. I've done so, wonderful. Yeah, if you're if you're making a credential out of anything, then you've, you've misunderstood. It's not like that's wrong. Uh, you, you know, things might be piling up where, geez, you know, I'm, I'm probably feeling maybe I'm a little vain here, but it looks like I really succeeded here. Uh, and I'm saying, don't do anything with that. If that arises, that's also to be just observed. Don't do away with the feeling of, of wanting success or feeling like you succeeded. It's just, just another Dharma gate. Just look how um, there's not that much difference between success and failure. You can't have success without failure because you need the contrast. Otherwise, it would just be, what? What is that? Is that? I think that's success. No, I don't know what that is. I don't have any way of telling. We do it through comparison, and then instead of doing it with a contrast, we immediately jump into the politics of the contrast. Rather than just see the difference, see there's a contrast there. I was more open to someone coming this way, or you know, I, or I was more closed down to that, and now I seem to be more open to that. And if you just see the contrast, that's fine. But if you start to determine that you're getting better, then you're, you're, uh, oh, let's say this, you're not, you're not getting better. There isn't anyone to get better. If there's someone to get better, this is spiritual materialism, and this is. This is taking the spiritual path, which is profound and vast and transcendent, to use the fancy words, and bringing it down to some kind of earthy kind of thing that we're relative, where, where, where there's a winning and a losing and, t and trying to put right a score of who's ahead and who's behind. There's nothing wrong with football, but this is not football. Football, should they should go out and play football or baseball, hit, hit things and catch them, and then run. <laughs> Isn't that what it is? Yeah. Hit things... Catch them. I'm missing something. And chase. <laughs> Run and chase, yeah. Chase the ball, chase the, yeah. So uh, you can tabulate that. I mean, you can, you can, and people do that. This is a, this is a, we call it entertainment. We call it uh, sports. We call it, uh, I'm not making fun of sports. I'm just saying it, it's a, it's a great distraction for suffering. You know, if you're having a lot of difficulty, uh, you know, we see really young people playing, constantly playing games playing with their computers, playing constantly. Again, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying this is wrong. I'm just saying this is, seems to be how it's happening. And it's not bad. It's not like someone playing all wrapped up in uh, sports their whole life or, or, or distracting themselves. I'm not saying that's wrong. They're not ready to do what, what, what I'm talking about, what we're talking about here. They're not ready to, to do what you're doing when you come in here, sit down and face the wall and don't add. You're actually weaning yourself away from the need for entertainment. 
That's why this is a meditation practice, as it is taught here, is sometimes called voluntary suffering. You're volunteering to come in and put yourself in a, a difficult, kind of irritating situation of just sitting still with no idea why you're even doing it. That's sounding pretty good to me. Sit down, hold still, just observe. Yes, sir. Are you saying that suffering is not good or bad? Of course, it's just suffering. Good or bad is, that's extra. Life is suffering that causes desire. The goal of cessation, the path is train the mind. Those are the four noble truths of the Buddha. You know that. <laughs> I'm just looking at the expression on your face. <laughs> what is he thinking about? <laughs> I wondered that. He wondered that. <laughs> well, I can see why you would. And vice, vice versa. Further questions from anyone about this? Uh, I can continue to talk. I love the chatter away. What but is that as being exercised? Uh, so that's a good question. So what, what we're saying is uh, we're saying exercise what appears as the awareness, and we use that as an index to kind of refer to it. But it's, uh, what's, what's happening there is rather than its actual strengthening, I'm using that as a metaphor because I think it's easy to relate to, what's actually happening there is, uh, is we're, what, what, what is already the case is the awareness of what we're doing is we're reprioritizing. Uh, we're, we're actually allowing the awareness to flourish and we're not necessarily fueling the thought patterns, which tend to get really fat and muscle bound and tend to, it's like having too much furniture in the room. It's like living in a storage building, you know, with all of your thoughts and everything stacked up. Like going to the Hojo, you say, I'm living in my thoughts. I get junk everywhere. Well, to me, it's beautiful junk. I like it. But I don't have anything in there that I don't particularly care for. And so I'm also, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not particularly attached to things. But if you came in and took uh, some photos out, uh, I may not even notice it. I don't know. Yeah, I might, I might not. What do you think, uh, Kotetz? About your office? Really nailed me there. That doesn't happen too often. Uh, who invited you? <laughs> So what do you think about the awareness thing about exercise? Do you, you have an idea of what's being exercised? It seems that the exercising has already been done, yeah. uh, letting, it, letting it happen. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like letting it happen or getting out of the way, but um, it's not really that because then we're getting into some kind of, I can kind of make it happen. It seems to be um, very passive, but very, very observant about anything. That's, anytime anything moves, you don't miss it including the judgment about it. You don't miss it. You don't, add, you don't do double negativity. If you have some kind of negativity arises about something, you don't immediately back it up with, I shouldn't be thinking that. I'm not talking about, about adding on to the negativity, about trying to get a, get a handle or control or, or stop being, uh, trying to get someone to stop being negative or stop having negative thoughts and so on. So, Colette. Uh, so you're saying like awareness is kind of like being a great reporter being totally objective and not being influenced by the ego, in essence. So um, the, the reporter, for instance, should be just observe uh, with no... What's your question? It's not. I'm just trying to clarify it in my mind. Well, then let me help you. Ask me a question. Do you agree? Or do you want to talk about your office again? <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> You have a question. That would be the easiest way for me to relate to it as a question. 
So I see where you're going, but I need a question. I just was trying to clarify in my mind when I'm sitting there and meditating that I have to think of when the, the images come forward that I, I just observe them and not judge them. And, okay. Um, okay, so that's pretty good. But if you did happen to kind of, some of them images get pretty strong, you happen to judge them, don't judge that. So don't double up on the negativity. Right. Don't say right too quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, it's, it's a really, it's very much about observing. And, you know, and everyone in here is going to have a, a different way. Uh, some people that will be, that, that might happen so kind of naturally, they'll feel like they're falling asleep or they'll feel like they lose track of time. They're not sure. They don't think they were sleeping, but they're not sure if they're really here or not. They think they might be daydreaming. Uh, to me, that's, uh, that's not so bad. If you can come in here and just be present. If you're so present, there really isn't anything happening. You're looking at a wall. What's happening? Not much. So anything that does come in to that to that uh, white screen or the whatever the, the white uh, what uh, cottage cheese wall you're looking at whatever comes in just it's just welcome and if it stays fine if it goes fine if it go you don't say fine but you don't you don't really take any position on it this is the practice part that's where the awareness gets stretched or gets strengthened then when we get up off the cushion call, it's called post meditation then it's still about awareness but it's not about trying uh, trying to do this or accomplish this or push on that. Uh, you know, so much. A little bit sometimes. It depends on what it is. If you're really having a lot of difficulty with jealousy, then when you're up off the cushion, then that there might be a different way of looking with that. And then I would, if someone came to me with that kind of an issue, then I would try to help them in that way, which might involve some kind of practice other than just sitting still. Further, yes? Uh, Shane has a question from Shane. California. He asks, what makes one ready for this practice? Just openness. And uh, sometimes just exhaustion. You're just tired of you're just tired of trying this and trying that and, trying, and just try tired of and also going different ways trying to figure out how to work with your mind and your mind is kind of threatening you like you know you're sitting around you're hanging around your house and you know smoking weed doesn't help and dropping acid just makes it worse you know and then drinking that's another thing that can you know I'm not saying it doesn't pacify some people but other people it just totally magnifies the whole thing a little bit of a um, uh, uh, artificially calming down, but eventually it uh, gets the best of you. So, so getting it's like you've tried other things, you've looked other directions, and you're. It seems to be for most people have some kind something like that happens for a while. Some people maybe for years. Some people don't start meditating until they're close to my age. Some people start meditating in high school. They immediately see uh, see some some value to just not doing much, and. Uh, uh, so I, I, I think uh, if we were to, if I were to go to your question a little bit more directly, I would say uh, the causes and conditions that have arisen in this lifetime and the causes and conditions that look like, it looks like, not, not saying this is true, but it looks like another lifetime. It looks like some other time or some other place or, or some other life was being lived. Maybe not yours, but something was happening that tends to affect this. That's why we have little tiny children who are four years old have terrible tempers. They're always blowing things up and running into things. And I know I was one of those guys. I would run as fast as I could. If I was mad at my mother. Fast as I could, then I would pull my feet up from under me and go into a ball and hit a wall, like a cannonball. <laughs> that was really, gave her a lot of consternation, to say the least. And it did me, too, because it hurt. But then I'd already got, and then it was done, and then I didn't know what it was. And I couldn't understand, so I was very confused about it. And she was kind of confused because it was so violent. 
she just kind of didn't do much with it, would stay away, which was pretty good because that actually allowed me to kind of slow down and stop doing that. I still did it some, but I was able to back off a little bit. But who knows where that comes from? You know, do we really need to know? Uh, I don't think so. I think what we need to do is whatever's happening, that's what we need to work with. Whatever's happening. Everything is available. As my teacher, Trungpa Rinpoche, said, everything you need to know is available right now. Everything, you don't need to go somewhere else. Yes? Question from William up in Grand Rapids. Yes, William. He asks, um, I have a difficult time remaining in the senses when interacting with others. How can I only receive and still give others my time? Yeah, so it's just a matter of, of endeavoring to do that. It's just it's a very simple priority. You're talking to someone else. They're, they're wrapped up in their ideas. Uh, they could be kind or uh, maybe indulging you or admiring you. could be doing anything. The other person could be critical of you or giving you difficulty. But insofar as you can, just remain there. You can actually do something very simple and just flash on the sense. I sometimes say, don't forget gravity. Gravity's here all the time holding you down so you can walk around. So remember that really powerful force that is here all the time as long as you're a living being. So just flashing on just the weight of your body on the chair on the, as, you're, as you're listening to someone. So bring that in. Bring in, uh, depending on how visual you are, could be sounds. It could be just listening. To, there's always uh, random sounds going on even in the quietest space. Colors, going into colors and going back and forth between uh, senses. And uh, William, I think we've probably talked about that uh, before. And so I'm just kind of reminding you that you can't, uh, the way I like to say it is you can't, you can't stay in those. You just need to flash on it. So don't try to maintain an awareness of gravity. Just flash on just gravity. Go to the sense of you know, how your clothes feel, how colors look. And then it's just flat, just touch and go. Just <coughs> that and then you're gone. That and you're gone. And then by doing that, you can't find the thought patterns. You can't actually can't actually stop the thinking. I'm sure you've noticed this, like telling you something new. But you can't really stop yourself from thinking. But you can change the energy of the thoughts by, by it's almost like the thought is like, if they were a little, if the thought were just a, a little person who was thinking, then the other five senses were also little people. What you're doing is you're inviting the other senses into their own. So if the thought can have, have its say, because it's your thoughts. But it's not going to be without sense of taste, sense of touch, sense of hearing, gravity. Uh, sense of uh, uh, just just an openness that is uh, that you're, where you're giving everything your attention. Everybody gets equal time, so that's the kind of politics. It's kind of like a, uh, socialism of the senses, or maybe communism would be better. That's more scary. Yes. <laughs> uh, Jennifer in Chicago asks, if you My notice goodness, Jennifer in Chicago, yeah. Jennifer, if you notice yourself practicing for spiritually materialistic reasons, such as self-improvement, fixing something, how can you work with that compassionately? I think, uh, Jennifer, I think you're already doing it. If you're seeing that and you're noticing that, that this, there's something like that going and it's, it's you. If it's someone else, well, there's not much you can do about it. I wouldn't even bring it up unless they do. But if it's you, if you're noticing that yourself, just, it's, it's, it's just about awareness. It's not about correcting that. Please don't correct anything. Don't do it. Look at it. If it comes time comes time to actually correct something or move it, it that that need, that correction should come out of really really powerful awareness that has been spent a lot of time looking at what that is. You're not going to be able to catch that fish unless you really look at how it swims, when it swims, which way it moves, what it likes to eat, 
I'm using a kind of a dumb metaphor here, but it's that it's complicated in that way. You need to look at what it is you're trying to work with. And if you see it's there's some materialism going on, it's just a matter of witnessing the materialism and using the concept of, yeah, I'm trying to trying to get somewhere here. Don't have to do away, uh, do away with that because that creates a more subtle kind of uh, uh, aggression against yourself. And passion, aggression, and ignorance, those are the three poisons. Those are the three ways we avoid our world. We actually avoid our Buddha nature because there isn't a, uh, there isn't a person in here that isn't, isn't already the Buddha. All you have to do is wake up. Yes, sir. Is there a difference between adding and correcting, or are they the same thing? It's very similar. Adding is more like a commentary on something. Correcting is more like some some thing where you're correcting yourself or correcting someone else. I shouldn't do that. I've got to stop doing that. I need to stop it. Why can't I stop doing that? Those kind of they just fill up the space that uh, that they, they they're it's selfish. It's a very very subtle kind of selfishness. that's constantly trying to control yourself. It's a, a kind. Of, it's very interesting. You could use your own word. You might come up with a, a word that's more fitting. But you'll notice it's some kind of fundamental meddling that is actually that provides us with more of an ego um, credential or at least I'm at least I'm doing something about it kind of thing uh, rather than actually work with a fundamental situation which which is I rarely use this word but it's about a kind of surrender where there's no surrenderer that word surrenderer forever. so there's no one there's no one actually caving there's just just uh, not meddling yes a uh, question from Gilkido, and then we're going to have to... Yeah, Gilkido, yes. Uh, from Minnesota. She asks, is it the observation alone that sh slows thoughts and creates space? Good question, uh, Gilkido. So it is, uh, it is the, the intention to observe. The ob observation itself belongs to no one. There is no observer. Sorry. <laughs> and of course there's an observer for a while, but but eventually if you do it, in a thorough way, there won't be there won't, the 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 perception is so complete that there's no object and there's no subject. There's no observer and there's nothing observed, and that shows up to to consciousness as there's nothing to fight with. There's nothing to do. There's nothing to accomplish. There isn't anything but the Buddha. Everywhere you look, you see the the, the truth of dependent origination of the Buddha is being preached or taught. Everything is teaching you. And it doesn't separate itself from anything. It's not separate from people who are agnostic or atheist or Christian or Muslim or Jew or uh, what's that other one? Shenanigan one? You know what I mean? House of Fire. Huh? House of Fire. House of Fire? House of Fire. Scientology. Oh, Scientology. Well, they're having some difficulty. <laughs> but, you know, but we're not going to fight with them. You know, if they, if they fight with us, we'll, um, we'll ask them if they would like to learn Aikido. And then we'll try to get somebody to teach it. <laughs> yes. Um, Shoto from Ohio uh, wants you to know that he thinks he squeaked a yawn by you. He squeaked a yawn by me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait till he gets up here again. Not have to embarrass him somehow. Pretty hard to embarrass him. He's kind of already embarrassed. <laughs> Huh? We have to go. So we're going to move to a daily Dharma gathering. Those of you who can stay, of course, stay. I think you already know that. So thank you so much. Bring your attention to the donation boxes we have in the hallway. We're always in need of your donations. And also remind you that this Saturday is the all day. So do please come and join us then if you can.
devices so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. 